Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cinemasters Podcast. Episode 12. No, I am the father. My day. And how much you can't fight in here? This is the war room. What we've got here is failure to communicate. You can't handle the truth. This is my boomstick! Do this thing then. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because I gotta go get drunk with some friends. Cool. Uh, hello and welcome to Cinemasters podcast. Forgot which podcast we were doing right now. Good for me. Yeah. <laughs> As always, I'm Daniel James. I don't know if we've worked out the order on this one. I'm Rudy Schubach. I'm Jacob Lynn. And I'm Andrew Miller. Woo-hoo. That's the order. Episode okay. twelve. We're doing uh, some revenge thrillers today. We already got a bit of preamble going, but uh, just throw out names of good movies you've watched recently. I watched Warm Bodies uh, last week, and I've been watching uh, a lot of anime while I do work for nice. a project I'm doing right now. So I've been watching a lot of Bleach. Uh, what else did I watch recently? 
Oh, I started watching the the original uh, X Men trilogy again. Oh, so I started sweet. with X Men. I'm about to watch X Two um, because I'm getting ready for Days of Future Past. Cool. Uh, aside from the three movies we're going to talk about tonight, and I think that I addressed side by side on the little Oscar thing. So just go watch side by side. I enjoyed it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> also watched uh, the Giant Mechanical Man which is on Netflix. Uh, my little brother actually suggested it to me. Uh, I didn't love it, but I thought it was all right. It's one of those uh, quiet indie movies. It's uh, Jenna Fisher from uh, The Office. And God, what's his name? Is Chris Messina? Is that what it is? Yes. I want to say um, from uh, Mini Project. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and he's okay, like. Why a, do I hate that television show so much? Uh, I don't. I I don't love it. I enjoy it. Um, I, I never got into it. Like, did I you really... watch the Seth Rogen episode? No. Uh, like two episodes ago, Seth Rogen. A lot of it in four episodes. I was like, I can't. I can't bring myself to continue to, okay. continue to watch this this show. Okay, this is what sure. this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna go on Hulu Plus or Hulu, yeah. whatever. You're gonna find the one with Seth Rogen in it. Yeah. And you're gonna watch it. And yeah. if you like that episode, you're going to power through a couple of them to catch up. And if you don't, then the show's not for you. Because if you don't like that episode, I don't know that you're going to But But like is, is, the rest of the, is that episode indicative of the rest of the show? Or is it I, only funny because of Seth Rogen? No, it's not. It's like uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, but mini project style. Mm. So it's like it's an interesting thing. It's like this is one way that – this is one way the show can work and also – this is the way the show can move forward because Mindy can get like Mindy Kaling has all these friends. It's like, she can talk Seth Rogen into coming in for an episode or two and BJ Novak for coming in for a two parter. And cause you know, she knows so many people in Hollywood around that age. She can get the guest stars in. So, uh, I, I don't know. I give it a try, Rudy. It's like 22 minutes of your time. Okay. All right. And it, it is Chris Mancina. Um, and the movie was, okay but my brother seemed to really like it and it's just kind of a small talky uh romantic uh dramedy and that's it uh she wrote. it's not a, not a movie but i just want to give a shout out to last week's the walking dead yeah uh, yeah it's fantastic oh i don't you think i'd use those strong of uh words I, but I, I thought it was pretty good i loved it good callback uh yeah well done for what it was. Um, I've watched recently, as of as in today, I watched Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yay, free Redbox movies. Hell yeah. Uh, good movie. I enjoyed it. Worth a watch. Uh, besides that, been watching a lot of Scrubs and some Doctor Who. So oh, I've been watching a little Doctor Who. Good stuff there. But anyways, tonight is episode 12. We're talking about revenge thrillers. Uh, three specific revenge thrillers uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight Machete And Haywire A Machete So three really different kinds of movies um, oh, yeah. What order do you guys want to go in? Chronological work for you? Or... Chronological work for yeah, you I think that's our typical right? Yeah generally One of these days we'll change it up But for now we'll do chronologically Which means we're starting with The Long Kiss Goodnight Sorry, how would I know? Why should 
let's say I buy it. You are a trained killer. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. So Samantha, she um... never really existed. Like Nathan said, she was a total fabrication. I made her up. Hmm. So now she's just uh, gone forever and ever. Thank God. Look at my inordinately large ass. Look what she did to me. Pretty convincing act. I guess. You know, her uh, personality had to come from somewhere. Change the subject. Better yet, bring me that bottle. Here you go, drink up. So what's next? What do we do now? I contact Chapter. I come in for debriefing, bury the last eight years, get back to work. Cheers. Written by Shane Black and directed by Rennie Harlan, starring <laughs> Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson, and a bunch of other slightly lesser-known people. So, fun fact, when we first said we were doing Long Kiss Goodnight, I felt like it was a Jet Li movie. <laughs> so, and so when that I warmed it up and I saw Samuel L. Jackson roll into a do- in- into a door uh, and-, and shout at a man, so if you're a fan of S fucking, just keep nothing off. I was like, where does the Wuxia come in? This doesn't make sense. Uh, but I, I loved it. I actually had a really good time. There were there were a lot of points where I was sort of taken out of it, but I think it was because of the it was because of the. I don't know the the style of the time. You know, it wasn't because of the movie; it was because of the 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 way the, how scripts were written back then. You know, um, it is very '90s. Exactly, uh, and right when and right when Gina Davis cuts her hair and goes blonde and is supposed to be like the super attractive lady, I was like, whoa. Bad choice. <laughs> oh, man. Oh it was not attractive at that, that point. <laughs> when her hair dried, it wasn't so bad. but <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, interesting tidbit before I get into the story. Shane Black is also the writer of Iron Man 3, and the actress who plays the little girl is going to be in Iron Man 3. What? Right? craziness that being said i I enjoy this movie i before this watching i haven't seen it in like seven years or so i've never seen it obviously (laughs) (laughs) and so it was good to go back to it i i didn't remember how complicated the plot was not necessarily complicated but how in-depth the backstory was and because i was wasn't really a film aficionado back when i last saw it I just enjoyed the ridiculous 90s action scenes, and there were a lot of them. Yeah, it was tons of action-packed sequences. Yeah, I, I I don't think I'd seen it since it came out, and I think I saw it when it came out on VHS, which m- would have made me like 10 or 11, which oh makes, me, makes me question <laughs> my parents. <laughs> uh, but I remember really loving it, when I first watched it and I oh like it was difficult to watch because I I kept remembering parts like as as they would come up I'd remember oh hey that's how this you know this is how that happens and then it would happen and I'd be like oh I remembered that being good (laughs) (laughs) and it just like I, I don't know it was it was painful yeah uh 
I came into this movie completely cold. I had I had no idea. All I knew was it was Gina Davis and it was Samuel Jackson. And I saw the box cart or the box art cover. That's it. Uh-huh. I had no idea what this was based except based on the box art cover. And mind you, I was slightly tired when I watched it. But boy, the, I, I <laughs> the first thirty minutes I thought really made me laugh when they really shouldn't have. I laughed at almost every single scene of about the first 30 minutes. Anything they tried to do right, to me, fell flat. Like, tonally, it was just all over the place. And like, let me give you an example. The deer, the deer, the part with the deer. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm losing my <laughs> shit with that. Oh man. And I, I can't, I, if it was played for laughs then, but it doesn't feel like it was. It wasn't really, no, yeah, because she, she hits the deer in the really deer's head, and I'm like, no. oh, God, they're having an accident, and then the deer starts kicking the dude in the face, and I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> that is the that is the impetus of the entire, that is the impetus of the entire plot from then on, is that is the, the, like, the, the, the incident that sets the well, plot in motion. <laughs> And it's I, I think it's important to put it in perspective that this was Rennie Harlan's follow-up to Cutthroat Island. And so it's like – it's not like he's coming <laughs> off of some great movie. And in fact, this movie, it looks like, had a budget of $65 million and grossed 33 So, oh, God. So as much as I remember liking it as a kid, it was a flop. And as much as I still love Shane Black to this day, I think – personally, I think that Lethal Weapon holds up and – Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, as we've mentioned, is one of my favorite movies. Oh, God, and, that's the same guy. Wow. So and looking forward to Iron Man three. And I remember liking The Last Boy Scout. I'm not sure I want to, you know, rewatch it. And so Last Action Hero. No. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I the dialogue and I, it's it's hard to tell with movies like this, especially with a director who at that time had his own kind of sense of style, and he was getting these big budget movies, and then kind of they were just coming out terrible is how much of it was the writing and how much of it was the dement, you know, the director dementing the writing and kind of moving things around. So I want to think that Shane Black's script read better than this movie watched, but I have no idea about that. Obviously. Allegedly a lot of it was rewritten by script doctors. So it kind of saved Shane Black for that part. Uh, That being said, yeah, the, the one-liners, while they are pretty funny, a lot of them, there's too many of them. And that's that coming true. from me, where I love one-liners. My life is built on one-liners, it seems, at some points. I agree and, with you. And well, and that is a, that is a script doctor problem. Exactly. Uh, I mean, so so that would make me lean more in that direction. So, yeah, well, I, I think I, the story itself is pretty strong. I, I really enjoy it. There, there's a lot of a lot a lot of the one-liners and the dialogue is pretty crap. It's kind of the same problem we have with Arrow in that, yeah. you know, the stories are <laughs> cool, but it's on the CW, so the dialogue is like, uh. But yeah, I, I enjoy the story. I think Shane Black did a good job. It makes me even more excited for Iron Man three. You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that they could uh, remake this movie today with a certain action star that we're going to talk about later in the Gina Davis role. And it would probably be a very, and you could even have Shane Black write it. And I think it would be an exceptionally 
uh, good movie. You're saying you want to do a Long Kiss Goodnight reboot? Yes. To, yeah. To you me... want You're saying you want to see Amnesia added to the uh, the Born Legacy storyline? I'm saying that this is basically the female Born Legacy. Yeah. And that you could easily do that with an actress we'll be talking about here in a little bit, uh, and it would work really well. And you could have the you could have almost the same script. Uh, I obviously you wouldn't want the same script. You'd want a complete rewrite. However, but you, you could have a very similar script. Whoever are you talking about? <laughs> a a nice physically capable young woman uh, that we will segue to soon. <laughs> Later, we'll there, get back I, to that. I feel like this movie was like, it, I I agree with your remade situation because I feel like there there are just five different movies fighting each other in this movie. And I, I agree with that. And it's trying to be an effects driven powerhouse with, in a, in an era where they didn't have the effects yet. It was it and was really ahead of its time. So it didn't have much didn't... of a budget. It didn't have much a very good team, and a lot of the a lot of the effects themselves are falling flat. Um, I, uh, yeah, okay. I blame I blame the director on all my on all my uh, sort of uh, well the director and the script doctors. It's clear to me that especially in the middle of the movie, you can definitely feel the shame blackness starting to come out. The sort of buddy cop, not buddy cop, a buddy movie lightness coming out. <laughs> and he likes or, his quips and his quick yeah. one liners and stuff. What are you sharpshooter now? But when you but when you add one liners on top of his already chalked full yeah. script, I think you have a problem. The difficulty is telling what was his and what wasn't, and how, and how much better his would work if his were the only ones in there or not. Yeah. It becomes a really messy gray area, and with a director like Brenny Harlan, you know, coming right after Cutthroat Island, it's easy to say he's all to blame, especially because I like Shane Black so much. But you know, it's. It's without getting a you know my hands on a copy of the original script. It's hard to tell. Right. Uh, you know where this movie jumped the shark for me, and you're gonna laugh because it's probably way later than it did for you guys. Uh, Gina Davis is in a truck with her daughter in a box. She's <laughs> drive a truck bomb into the Canadian border. That and was almost says, at the end, wasn't it? And mm. she says, "Quote." Suck my dick, <laughs> all yeah. of you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, Gina Davis, you don't have a penis. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it just took me right out of the movie. <laughs> there were a lot of those for me. Almost I know. all. I'm, that's why I said it was surprising. Like, I, I don't know. I was in the, I was on the one liner gravy chain right up until that point. <laughs> Let's. Uh, how about the part in the beginning when Samuel Jackson breaks into the the uh, the guy with the prostitute, and he said he asked him that question like, "Do you like ass fucking or whatever it is?" Yeah, and then, I know. The, the, I, I I actually enjoyed it so much that I think I probably remember it. It goes something to the effect of, uh, "I'm going to put you in prison. We're going to get fucked in the ass for the rest of your life. And if they throw out the case because the arrest was too violent, I will personally hire someone to fuck you in the ass." So if you're a fan of ass fucking. Keep nothing off. But the funny, but, but the part of the my favorite part of that scene, and by favorite I mean it's terrible, isn't that line. <laughs> I like that line. The line is to be funny enough. What I find amusing is if you watch it, when it cuts to the actor who's reacting, they choose the t they chose the take where at the very end he mouths the words "I don't" 
<laughs> Watch it again. He's I, not yeah. just shaking his head. He shakes his head and then he goes, I don't. Like, I, oh, I, I'm not watching it again. I'll, 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 I'll take your word for it on that. No, no, I'm good. I'm, I want to be ass fuck free. <laughs> uh, classic. So, yeah, I, I feel like we're pretty much at a consensus that this movie does not hold up for anything yeah. other than a, a popcorn action flick. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 a it's a moderately good flick to me. It's a soft two and a half out of five for me. Oh, <laughs> I would I would even that's go lower. Fucking brutal. <laughs> I'd probably give it a four. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Sorry, four out of ten. Which I guess is two out of five. Never mind. Yep. Sorry. Good job. Good job, Jacob. We're in good sense. <laughs> you scared me there for a second with your four out of five. Four out of five. Jesus. Eighty percent. This is not of a B. Maybe a sixty percent C. Low C. Wow. I'm, a, I'm a professor now. I'm going to start grading on your system. <laughs> I, I don't. Are wanna, you going to start wanna... grading on a curve? No. Or any Harling curve? Nope. Not, not not to bash more on this movie. I've always bashed on. But did, did anyone else notice that the, the music was terrible? The scores <laughs> were horrible. <laughs> There's a couple soundtrack picks that I really enjoy, like the uh, She's Not There by The Ventures. And that's pretty much it, really. I just love <laughs> that song. If you, there are a couple, and by that I mean exactly one. Yeah. There, 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 are, there are all these tonal score changes within the first 20 minutes of the movie that are completely different movies. They're the first scene where the credits are playing. It's a mystery. Ooh. Then when it goes into the family life, it plays like... An old, like an 80s rom-com but it's like really overdone and then when it goes to Samuel Jackson with his kid it gets in really moody like lifetime music mm. I was just yeah do you, do I you know, know what would have made this movie better for me the what would have saved the whole film is if when at the end of the movie she drills that stump with a knife she turns to her husband and says chefs can do that because that would have made the chef line a rule uh-huh. of three yeah yeah I, I really don't know that they I needed to, to myself, say that. You gotta do that one more time. And then at the end, I was like, "Here's your chance. Here's your chance." No, real threes, man. It would have yeah. been a great payoff moment, but they didn't do exactly. that. Um, one more tidbit before we move on. I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> one more tidbit before we move on. Uh, apparently, in earlier scripts or earlier shots, that I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but in an early screening. Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mitch, died. And one of the audience members said, you can't kill Sam Jackson, which is why he comes back at the end. Which I say you can if you're a shark. Right, (laughs) yeah. But we don't talk about that. Only sharks, yeah. I don't know. I think think that... Oddly enough, the same director. It was nice, but I agree. I don't think think he should have survived the movie. But yeah. Anyways. It was kind of a nice payoff for him to drive the car out of the truck at the end of it. All, <laughs> yeah, that's the one redeeming fact of him staying alive. Because that was I a guess. cool shot. Yeah, I will I will say that while I really just did not like the movie, I, I kind of enjoyed the fact that he was playing completely against type the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very effeminate. It was not the badass part. Yeah. It, I, I really enjoyed that. that. That I thought that was probably the only saving grace for me was just watching him having to basically playing a pussy the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of Die Hard Three, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh yeah, he played a, a wuss puss in that too. Much better wuss puss, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> way cooler wuss puss. He was complaining about a weak neck. I said you should fucking do some sit-ups. With... Hey, 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 boss. 
Who are you? The new gardener. A gardener. Mit szólsz ahhoz, ha megölnélek téged, te kis majom? Just fucking with you, chief. It's Hungarian from gonna kill you, you little monkey. You know what? There's a big pile of shit in the back. You can go and clean that up, all right? Make sure you do a good job. Make sure you wipe those boots off. You're carrying shit in the house. You ever notice how you let a Mexican into your home just because he's got gardening tools? I mean, no questions asked. You just let him right in. You could have a, you know, a chainsaw or a machete. Alrighty. The second movie we've got today is Machete. Machete. Written by Robert and Alvaro Rodriguez and directed by Robert Rodriguez and Ethan Manikis. Starring, of course, Danny Trejo. And Robert De Niro and Jessica Alba and Steven Seagal and Michelle Rodriguez and Cheech Baron and Lindsay Lohan. Don Johnson. Yeah. So on and so forth. Tom Savini. Lots of people. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a Tom it's Savini. a deep cast. Yeah. The kid from Spy Kids. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Did we say Cheech Marin? Cheech yeah, Marin? Do, do you know that if I hadn't known that this was going to be that this was directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez, I would have guessed. I believe it. It's, <laughs> yes. it's got his yeah. mark all over it. <laughs> oh it yeah, abso- it absolutely know. is a is a Robert Rodriguez pulp style action film, which which is fine because that's what he does, you know. And that's what it was supposed to be. Do exactly. Yep. So this is <laughs> definitely the most ridiculous out of all the movies. However, it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. Its intentional ridiculousness puts it a a mark above uh, um, Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. It puts it about. I I, I don't know. I generally speaking, I try not to write off entire like genres of film or anything. Uh, But the the B level, uh, amongst other things, the B level action movie is not something I love, which is a lot of what Rodriguez does when he's not directing Spy Kids movies. Um, so I went in, so I went into it thinking that I wasn't going to like the movie and it took me probably 10 or 15 minutes to warm up to it. And then at the end, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm proud of you, Jacob. I, 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 I like to feel like I'm growing as a person. (laughs) <laughs> I I believe that this movie helped you grow as a <laughs> I couldn't even finish it, I'm if, sorry. If, if anything was going to, it was Machete. Machete. So yeah, For I some mean, reason every I time someone it. says the name of this movie, I have to I have to echo it. Yeah. Awesome. The, the, it's funny we're talking about this. <laughs> We're talking about this, and there was just a, uh, I think, a new poster released for Machete Kills. Sofia Vergara, yeah. yeah. Sofia Vergara with machine gun boobs, Fembot style. Nice. (laughs) And the girl from uh, Spy Kids is going to be in that one. Oh, yeah, she is. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this movie's ridiculous. I don't, I don't really know how to start talking about it. I mean, it's and freaking De Niro, man. I was not expecting that. It, I was it, not expecting that at all. I knew he was in the movie, but Jesus, that character was crazy. This is, he's hilarious. 
And he gets his in the end, which is great. Very, very poetic how he dies. I actually, uh, this is a sort of side note, I actually managed to, to get a free pass to the uh, premiere of this in L.A. Uh, and I got to see, like, uh, you know, Rodriguez was there. I got, I saw what? I saw Tarantino coming out of a back exit. Nice. Everyone's like, Tarantino, we love you. And he just turns around and gives two peace signs. Oh, uh, I was hoping he was going to give two middle fingers. Uh, <laughs> he was, yeah, so... I I had that experience, and I remember I remember being maybe a little disappointed to for uh, uh disappointed at it. I was really looking forward to it. Just the the actors I felt found just the casting in itself I found very amusing, and I was a little disappointed. I think maybe my my standards were too high going into it. Watching it again, I I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. I think a little bit more. I mean, it's light. It's not. It's it's nothing more than what it is. It's one of those movies. I mean. If, but it, it does what it does. It, it get it's fairly short. It gets in and out, yeah. and uh, and I'm it, I'm just happy to see. I'm a big Loss fan. I'm just happy to see that actor Jeff Frank Lapidus. Lapidus going at it, killing yeah. people, taking names. Yeah, uh, I watched this on the Blu-ray that I have because it was like six bucks somewhere, and they have a uh, audience reaction track. Oh, wow. which is kind of like a, a, mm. a commentary but it, it's just people laughing and so i watched it with that and it was definitely amusing like <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is it's just a laugh track to the it's like movie. it's like an audio score as though you were in the theater right yeah okay uh, it, i don't know it was it was an experience i don't know think i'll ever do that again but yeah fun movie a lot of great action sequences Ridiculous right, I went into this and movie fight scene. Not to enjoy it, literally. Like you, you were like, we should watch this movie, and I was like, I don't know. And you were like, come on, I got a Blu-ray player, and it's on Blu-ray. I was like, and and I had just gotten an HDTV, so I didn't have any Blu-rays at that point in time. So it's like we're watching this. I was like, oh, <laughs> just because I want to see my TV do HD. All right, this is the movie I was least looking forward to watching out of the three of them, and luckily it's not the one I like the least. I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, so I, that's that's saying something. Damning with faint Brit No, I I liked it. I well, it. but once we get to Haywire, we can gush. Cause yeah. Shit. There there will be gushing. Yeah, I think this is the most straight up revenge out of them. Yeah, like cause... when when we first pitched the idea of doing one on revenge thrillers, I was seeing like I was like, okay, uh, Mel Gibson payback, Mel Gibson. Because <laughs> uh, he's like, I am, I'm surprised we don't have a Mel Gibson in this lineup. Is Mel Gibson, the Passion of the Christ. Uh, sure that is the oldest revenge thriller ever. Revenge. Is Mel Gibson and Jews? Yeah. Uh, yeah, racism. It's always fun. I'm Jewish. Anti-Semitism. Rudy's Jewish. I am not Jewish. <laughs> My best friend is Muslim. That's close enough. Muslim or Muslim? <laughs> yes, he's he's Muslim. He's a very thin your fabric. Best friend made out of cloth. <laughs> um, I a specific makes a lot of sense, Dan. <laughs> a specific thing about the movie, because I, I remember when I when I saw it at the premiere. I was kind of horrified at the the point where Lindsay Lohan's uh, in the scene with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, "Oh God, how's it come to this?" But if you watch it, it's clear they were not on the same set. 
I'm convinced, or at least in my head, I like to think they're not on this. There's no two shots. It's a close up of De Niro and a close up of her. So I like to, in my in my head, think that they were never on set together. Just like the blatant body doubles with 90% of her nude scenes, except for like mm-hmm. the last one. Yeah. What made me laugh really hard was I was like, Lindsay Lohan, how is she how is she taking time out of her busy schedule being a drunk whore? Oh no. Okay. They just they just brought her in. Okay. Yeah, she, she, she was pretty much typecast. <laughs> but before we move on, I'm just curious, what what was everyone's craziest point in this movie? Like the point where they were just like, Whoa, that's crazy. When he takes the Gatling <laughs> gun and sticks it on the handlebars of his motorcycle. <laughs> Uh, for me, it was when Michelle Rodriguez got shot in the head, yeah. uh, well, right through the eye, and I was like, "Wait, she she can't die yet, can she?" And then she came back later. <laughs> I don't remember. It was so long ago since I saw this movie, and I didn't rewatch for this. I apologize. And can I just say, she got shot in the head, like shot in the face. She yeah. didn't get her eyeball popped out. Like that's a thing that can happen. She got shot in the eyeball, and the bullet went through her skull and brain. Did you see brain come out? Nah. Yeah. You didn't necessarily see brain matter. I, I don't understand why this would ever be a problem in a Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're asking that, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, 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 not, I'm, it's not lowering the star value. Uh, it's just <laughs> I thought it was crazy. I so enough. I thought mine, based on the, my previous viewing of this, was going to be when Steven Seagal doesn't die and makes a little monologue and then yeah. kills himself. That's true. But <laughs> I realized that that is not the craziest. I'm going to talk about a moment. I'm not sure if anyone remembers, but I saw it is at the very beginning of the movie when the naked woman pulls the oh my God. out of her I'm vagina. Yep. And yep. hold on. If you listen closely, and I had I watched it a couple times because I, I was amazed. There's a little sound effect where it goes, it makes a noise. Yeah, it makes yeah, a noise. Yeah, it makes a noise. <laughs> That's the craziest. Oh, my yeah, God. I forgot about You're that right. one. That's like two minutes in. It's so and I was early like, that you shit, just block it. I completely missed that the first time I saw it. Maybe it was loud and I didn't hear the noise. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's probably laughing because that, that was one of the big laugh moments on the laugh track. Hey, hey, hey guys. <laughs> it's your fanny pack. No. Oh, come Punches for puns, Jacob. Punch yourself in the arm for me. (laughs) What's I stop laughing? And on that note, I think we should move on to Haywire. (laughs) And on that note, let's gush. Wait, what? The story will be that she's gone rogue, sold out in the Barcelona job, and murdered a man for money at Rustboro. Resistance. He won't be in a position to put a bullet in him. Plant the brooch on it, and then kill her when you get back to the hotel. Self-defense. Of course. I'm assuming the motives of everyone involved are strictly professional. Paul, the motive is money. The motive is always money. Now, what about Kenneth? Can he guarantee delivery? It's a two-for-one deal. You take Jen out. Uh-huh. Kenneth takes the cane girl out, you know, to close the loop uh-huh. with no one looking. Yeah. yeah, you're right. She does sound perfect. You only have to look at her. What about the girl? What about her? Can she handle herself? 
I'm sure you'll cope. I've never done a woman before. Well, you shouldn't think of her as being a woman. No, that would be a mistake. Uh, written by Lem Dobbs and directed by Steven Soderbergh. Another star-studded cast with newcomer Gina Carano. Uh, we've got some Channing Tatum, Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas, and Ewan McGregor on top of Channing other Tatum. people. And Michael and, Fassbender. Yeah, Michael, Michael Fassbender. So, um, another fun fact in, in Rudy's idiocy. Are you ready for this? Sure. Always. So, I knew Fassbender was in it, and I had just I had seen X-Men um, first, first, class. Uh, first Class a while ago. It, it's been a little while. Um, and so, when when... I started seeing this character on screen. I was like, Jesus, Fassbender looks like Ewan McGregor. And then I saw Fassbender come out and I was like, Oh, Ewan McGregor is Ewan McGregor and Fassbender is Fassbender. That makes more sense. <laughs> and the snozberries taste yeah. like snozberries. It's, like, it's like all British male, white British actors look the same. That's I'm so racist. racist. I'm sorry. I'm so racist. Wait, racist. Watch shame. And then you can tell us how much they look alike. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Easily the best out of the three that we picked. Easily. Uh, this one got yep. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was initially surprised at, but not so much afterwards. Uh, I think Machete got 72 and Longest Goodnight got like 67, <laughs> which is the most surprising. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that that's above 40% is amazing to me. There's probably got a lot of people like you who, who saw it when they were young and enjoyed it then and then just added a rating to it because of the... That's, yeah. That's that true. My yeah. Guess. The way back lulls, as it were. Yeah. Man, I, I just... Haywire was my 10th favorite movie of last year. Can, uh, I, can I tell I you what I liked it. about this movie? From, yes, from please. A, from a theatrical standpoint. Um, the combat and there was a lot of it felt uh, passionate that's not, a, that's not a good word it felt they felt like the, the fights were realistic to a point where like there was real it felt like there was real commitment raw um, I feel like raw is the best yeah. word raw is a good word yeah. what, because what it's, I like, got... it's not like the clean action sequence where like these two guys yeah. are fighting and they're doing exactly the perfect move at the right time it's like she puts him in a leg hold and then just barely gets it off before he's able to escape and then somehow he's able to muscle out and grab him from the throat it's like oh gritty um, and and the whole movie is sort of laced with this uh, well, and... go ahead yeah. uh, well not only that but it's a movie uh, where people feel pain and so mm -hmm. people in these fights get hurt and people who've been in fights have bruises that yeah. uh, you can you can actually feel and like especially Gina Carano is a woman she's mm. smaller than these people she's improvising she's using like you know she has big powerful legs she's putting them in leg locks she's you know many, throwing them through you know stuff how many dressers were ruined in the making of this movie you right. should never <laughs> think of her as a woman that could get you killed yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, that's and a perfect then, line. And then on top of that, we've got the um, we've got this, and I and I remember watching the movie and realizing this because I've I've had um, uh, theater aesthetics for for grad students. Uh, I'm watching I'm watching this scene and we see this woman walk into a cafe and then violence ensues and then she steals this guy in his car 
and she's got this colorness for her face and she starts to tell this story and I was like oh we are in postmodern aesthetic right now we are about to use this trip as a vehicle to get the main exposition of the show um, so so the the use of postmodern technique to a introduce us to the characters we're about to that we're about to meet um, and and explain a lot of her sort of injury and her history was was really interesting for me so like its use of of sort of deep modern elements of of storytelling and uh, its basis in realism were why I really enjoyed this film. Well, not, not only that, but the the initial first scene, at the one that's actually in the diner, I think is perfect because it it gets it sets up the incident that gets you into the car where the you know the narrative will take place through that right. conversation. But when Channing Tatum sits down and they're having this conversation, I. I was rewatching it obviously, and I watched it with my brother. He'd never seen it before, hadn't heard of it. He walked in just as I was starting it and kind of sat down. And they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, and then they almost kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so just like a snap. The the script flipped, and they were going at each other, and it was so painful and just violent and visceral the way they were going at it. And I kind of turned to look at him, and he was just like, "What the fuck is going on right now? How far in this movie are you? This is the weirdest weirdest thing ever." I think it's hard. I think it's hard to underestimate the the sort of visceral impact of seeing Tatum punch her. Yeah, don't Mm -hmm. get a lot of punching women and i mean they are full i mean which is fair she's a fighter she's as she's better oh, than she all straight took it yeah what, it's the she's line that dan echoed earlier from the movie which was that yeah i mean she's a woman sure that's what her gender is but if you come at her right. like she's a woman you will right. die yeah which you it's don't just, see often in movies i yeah. it, it's just good to see that yeah i mean it's taken to the logical extension of this extreme violence where every punch feels real also if you watch just i mean fat we all know fassbender is an amazing actor but right. i just want to specifically put him out like or, uh talk about him and his scene when he in the fighting scene he whatever training he did for fight training because he looks like he's getting the shit kicked out like a rag. <laughs> he is fantastic at playing that or it's real it looks almost real mm. but, yeah well, on the part, oh God, I mean, there's just so many brutal moments in this play, like when Ewan McGregor is running away from her on the beach and he slips and his ro- and his oh foot God. goes into that rock. And one, that looks fucking awful. Yeah. Um, and then she just leaves him to drown in the tide. Oh. <laughs> yeah, watching, I watched the special features on this one because they're fantastic. And yeah, she's she comes from MMA, so she knows how to hit. She knows how to be hit, which is why all the fight scenes look great. And they they incorporate some of the MMA moves into the uh, fighting, which was just brilliant. Uh, the the whole reason this movie was made is because I I think it was Soderbergh who just yeah. saw her and he's like, we should make a movie about her, starring her. Yeah, and. <clears throat> The rest is history. I mean, it comes together like they got a really good script for it. Yeah. And, you know, just her being sexy and badass and kicking. Well, it's another she doesn't come from an acting background in my mind. Mm hmm. Because she was excellent. Like, she she was in, you know, any of the scenes. Like, I didn't I didn't see her slip character or anything. And it might be because the, the character that she is is close enough to her own self, but like, she was, she killed it. Well, not only that, but you've got to also keep in mind that, and because when the movie first came out, uh, 
since I'm, I'm a big fan of Soderbergh, I was really looking forward to it. Um, when it first came out, there was a lot of talk about how they had like digitally altered her voice, I think, to make it yeah. deeper because she has a yeah. higher pitched, more feminine voice. Um, and then there were some knocks about her acting, but her contemporaries are Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van Damme. Like these are the people who you should be judging her acting against mm-hmm. because those are the male counterpart. You don't really have female counterparts to her. Sigourney yeah, uh, Weaver. Maybe well, a little but, bit. But not – I mean – Sort of. But those are actresses who are in movies that are kind of action-oriented. They're not action stars. Mm. Like she's a physical presence. She's not an actor who's in a physical movie. That's true. She was chosen for her for her body and her abilities right. rather than her, her acting pros. Right. And I think if you stack her up against any of those guys who are her actual equals in this, I think she's way better. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I remember the flack about her I don't know. Did you voice see being Fighter altered. Also, super good in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's clear that, like you were saying earlier, uh, Dan, that it, it, it the movie really is built around her. The I, I I'm not sure if I enjoyed the movie quite as much as you guys did, but. Uh, yeah, the, the story, this is one of those movies, the story, any sort of espionage, that does, shit doesn't really matter. What matters is the setup for the scene and the emotion that's played in the scene. Yeah. And clearly the main point of this movie, like you were saying, is to give the audience a woman who just kicks major ass and is the quote-unquote man that is displayed <laughs> in these in these movies. I mean, she she's the one that fucks Channing Tatum. She rips his <laughs> talking. It takes a big woman to have a bigger belt off. Channing Tatum. It's a very feminist movie. She rips the belt off. Uh, she kills Fassbender with her thighs. Mm. You know, pulling her well, in. What a great yeah. death. And then the gun. But yeah. And, the, and, and then, then the gun. gun well, but, not the yeah. killing, but yeah. I mean, there's a lot of imagery. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely. The reason I watched this movie initially is because I watched a couple episodes of the American Gladiators reboot that they did a few years ago, <laughs> and she was yeah. Crush, one of the American Gladiators, and she kicked all sorts of ass. And because I was she like, she's that. awesome. I need to see everything she's ever done. And, of course, she plays uh, Tanya or Natasha in Red Alert 3, the Russian black ops chick. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. She's, you love she's Red awesome. Alert. You love Red Alert so much. Mm-hmm. It's the only game you play. And, and then <laughs> this this game or this movie popped up on my radar. I was like, "Oh, this looks awesome." She she's gonna be in an action movie. And then the other actors started popping up, like Ian McGregor. Okay, I like him. Antonio Banderas. What? Michael Douglas. I haven't seen him in anything awesome in a while. Channing Tatum. And Michael Fassbender, holy shit, this is gonna be awesome! And she kicks all of their asses, and all it's fantastic. I yeah, I think it's besides her casting thing, the most important clearly uh, person here is Soderbergh. I I'm, the script the script is fine, I guess. To me, it's just a bare bones to build scenes off of, Fair rather enough. than an actual story. The script in anyone else's hands would be made into something completely different. Soderbergh clearly. It's it's his mastery and his sort of technical eye for for filming these fight scenes that really makes the movie sing. Well, he, he yeah. The one of, one of my favorite sequences is is uh, when she first starts retelling the story and it's all of the like they go through all the setup and then they and then they have this sort of 
mishmash, multi-view, black and white sort of telling of of the heist gone wrong. And and that was just brilliant. And then the fight scene in the corridor at the end. And that's all without music. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, The use of music is great. Yeah, that feels like a maybe a that whole sequence, the whole Barcelona sequence is maybe fifteen minutes long, twenty minutes long. Yeah. I bet you if you read the script, it's about a page or two. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that, just a perfect short film. Like that yeah. sequence oh, there. Yeah. Like you that take that out of the movie and that Absolutely. stands alone, that's perfect. Absolutely. But it also works within the film. Yeah, I mean just the, the shot setups, a lot of his, a lot of his decisions there. I mean just the fact that he looks. Uh, he sees her and thinks, you know, this is a person that I need to build a movie around. It's something that he had been doing, like with the girlfriend experience, and he's, uh, you know, attaching himself to Channing Tatum, like he did to Clooney, uh, you know, ten years ago, kind of. Man, maybe it was more than ten years ago now. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he just he he likes to see. I like the way that he's willing to take these chances on people who with no acting experience or people who uh or actors who people don't take seriously maybe or not seriously enough and he's willing to kind of mold them and use his directing talents to help them as actors and yeah something that might get brought up in the uh, <clears throat> case to episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean this this was the year of the year of the tatum and uh he he helped you know really bring him out in Magic Mike, which I thought he gave a very good a very good performance in that. I I was I, I was not a big fan of him this year or not this year, but before I should say. But uh, I think he really. I mean, he, I think he, he. You're right. He definitely helps pe- actors come out of themselves. Magic Mike was my fifth favorite movie of last year. So you're saying I am gonna have to watch that movie? Yep. It's a great movie. All right. Well, in 21 Jump Street, and oh, he's in yeah. 10 years. I saw him like that movie, I and really then he was in like two rom-coms. And he's going to be in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Is that going to be good? Because uh, the first movie was so terrible that I don't, I have absolutely zero faith. I am going to see it because I can't not see it because that's all I played with when I was like rock. four. So I wasn't going to see it. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and it's got uh, it's co-starring it. John McClane. It has Adrian Palicki in it, and she's awesome. And that's so, true. and it looks like she has a fairly prominent role. So, yes, yeah, so this Even one looks much better than the previous one. I'm sure that. Yeah, and the extended yeah. preview I saw of it looked like it had some pretty interesting action sequences. But it's so hard. It's so hard when the first movie was as bad as it was. And actually, uh, uh, Gina Carano is going to be. I think I'm going to mention this already, but she's going to be in Fast Six. Uh, right. So that's her next big role. So I'm gonna have to see that, unfortunately. I like the last one. Fast Five's fun. What do you? Yeah. Fast Five. I haven't seen Fast Five yet. I, I, I stopped watching yeah. the Fast and the Furious movies after Two Fast Two Furious because they didn't name the third movie Three Fast Three Furious. Yeah, I've seen the first two and the fifth, and I'll see the sixth. Yeah, I saw Can... the fourth and it was okay. I've I've seen the first two several times. Complete side note, but I just if, if anyone mentions Fast Five, I feel like I have to say this. It is one of my favorite bad lines ever, which is when The Rock uh, first comes on screen and he's 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 meeting with all he just storms off his plane and just is constantly walking and he's meeting with all the local cops and and he's like and the cops are like, sir, we have some so we have some good news and some bad news and he goes, you know how I like my dessert first, 
<laughs> and so, they, so then they tell him the one thing. So they tell him the one thing, and then he goes, "Now give me the damn veggies." And then they tell him the bad part. Wow. Terrible. And I was like, "Wow, that is terrible." Uh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> awful. Um, best it sounds part awesome, of this movie. Awful, yeah. Uh, uh, one of the best parts of this movie is the ending. It's so perfect. We've got Antonio Banderas sitting there with his lovely chick. Yeah. Uh, not, I was going to say wife, but that's probably not true. Yeah, probably not. And the doorbell rings, and he's like, go get it. And she goes, and he he walks in, and she, uh, Gina Carano drops, drops down behind him. And he turns around and just says, oh, shit. Credits. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. It's implied that he's going to get his ass kicked after you've seen everyone else. You've seen her kick ass ass for 90 minutes. Yeah. If if you you don't don't assume that she can beat uh, his ass in a a fair fight, then. I mean, 20 years ago, he might have stood a chance. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays, maybe. (laughs) Oh, man. I love this movie. It's good. It's real good. Four and a half out of five. I love it. Tenth favorite of last year. I stick stick to it. Uh, one more anecdote before we call it quits. Another thing on the special features, there's a panel from like Comic-Con or something, and Ian McGregor's telling a story about how, or no, Gina Carano's telling the story about their fight scene on the beach. And she's like, one time he was going to punch me and he didn't quite pull back enough and I didn't fall down fast enough and Ewan McGregor accidentally punched Gina Carano in the face. (laughs) Gina Carano sat up and said, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) And Ewan McGregor chimes in and she was right because my hand hurt like a mother. (laughs) Uh, I like Ewan McGregor a lot. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's he's, he's actually in one of my favorite movies of all time. Big Fish. And that is now on Netflix. Sweet. Love that movie. As of last week. We could do a Ewan McGregor. We may have to. <laughs> he was um, he was great in uh God, what was the movie I just watched? Star Wars. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong. Movie. Oh, he's great. You don't think he's good in those? He's he good. He, he is a gem. He above everyone else. He is a gem in a pile of shit. Yeah, yeah it was the impossible. Fan- he himself is fantastic. You were supposed to bring balance. You were the chosen one. It was fantastic. He's like the young, yeah, he's like, <laughs> well, he is the young, I mean, the dialogue is, you know, that's a whole other, yeah. But, and Lucas can't direct actors. Yeah, but he he himself green screens. He's Alec Guinness's younger incarnation. That's just what he looks like. He he sounds like he's perfect. He he to me was the only good. Ca- well, this is a completely different discussion. Never yeah. mind. Yes, it is. That'll take us an hour. We gotta go. Diana, que no le pongan azúcar al té. Que no machaquen el hielo.
So yeah, thanks for joining us for our revenge thrillers. Uh, up next, what is it that we have? We've got Case Stew. Piles of shit. Case Stew showdown. Kristen Stewart all the way. Uh, I'm ready to eat these words. I I am I am almost hoping that I'm proven wrong and that I do want to enjoy Kristen Stewart's presence in this game. <laughs> there, there there will be lip biting. Will oh be lip-biting. God, no! Oh, tens of lip bites. Ah, you sexist, sexist people. She's <laughs> got one move. I, 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 we'll she does it so well. Okay. We'll get there. Awesome. <laughs> After that, we're going into a month of Marvel. We're gonna watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies because the awesome Blu-ray box set's coming out. <laughs> if you order it online soon, you get like. 30% off. Yeah, it's at 150 last I checked on oh. Amazon. That's not gonna happen. I'm buying it. <laughs> I'm um, super fan, I can't help it. Yay, tax refund. Yay. Uh, after that, we were not entirely sure yet, but we'll get there. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As always, you should check out our other podcasts, That those being Mainframe Chronicle and Rogue Arrow. You can find those at ALMP pro- ALMPpodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, I was recently on an episode of Geek Fights, episode 140, I believe, where we did Video Game Character Showdown. It's pretty amusing. Um, anybody else have s- plugs that they want to plug? Anything? No. Yeah, um, we just started uh, GFB Robot Movies and TV. Started a bi-weekly podcast. One's up on gfbrobot.com, and we're going to do the next one on Tuesday, so it'll be up next week. So right now it looks like we're jumping back and forth. One week I'm doing Cinemasters. One week I'm doing Pyro Screening Room. So it's working out well. Sweet. We'll try to keep it that way. GFB Robot, I was thinking GF Robot. Robots. Robots. Is that a thing you haven't seen yet? me in my have pop you, collar. Have you confirmed that that's what you guys are called yet? I, I need to. I need to get us all to take our profile pics with collars popped. Yes. <laughs> I uh, I got nothing, but I will ask Dan, what was the uh, battle? Who were the characters? Um, the, There's 32 of them. Oh, List them. Yeah. List I, them. I can't. Everyone. <laughs> I'll find the PDF and send it to you guys. Nice. Um. Yeah. Because I like stuff. to follow along on a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. Send us feedback at thecinemasters at gmail dot com or find us on the Blogspot page. We are also on Facebook, and you should w- rate and review us on iTunes by searching the Cinemasters podcast. That's all I've got. As always, I'm Daniel James. I'm Rudy Schubach. I'm Jacob Lynn. And I'm Andrew Miller. Keep it real. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. Bob! We come from the net. Blogs, websites, podcasts, to this place. The The Mainframe Chronicle. Our format podcasters to analyze and discuss to discuss the shows we love their strengths and flaws we discuss them until our jobs ache
software pirates. Oh, this is bad. This is very bad. Megabyte hit a delete command in the mask, just like you said. Only he didn't know because I should have copied and pasted the truth from the start. Remember that anything worthwhile takes time. What we have here is a failure to network. Well, get to work, you two. I don't keep you around for your brains, now do I? No, sir, not a brains. Absolutely not. The monkeys are restless, and my dog has fleas. Over. This is going to take millions and millions of nanoseconds. This might even take one whole second. Dot, can you read me? Dot? They say the listener lives outside the net. And listens to the podcast. No one knows for sure. But we, we intend, intend to find out. out. Mainframe Chronicle. Join us as we explore the world of Mainframe and the adventures of Bob, Dot, and Enzo in the Mainframe Chronicle podcast. You can find us at mainframechronicle.blogspot.com, on Twitter at MF Chronicle, or on Facebook and iTunes by searching Mainframe Chronicle podcast. The Emerald Archer, the Battling Bowman, Ollie. Whatever name you know him by, he is best known as Oliver Queen, the billionaire playboy who was stranded on an island for five years, forcing him to become the Arrow. Join us as we follow his journey to clean up the mess his father helped create in Starling City. I am Daniel Janes. I'm Chris O'Neill. I'm Laurel Murs. And I'm Rudy Schubach. And you should check out Rogue Arrow Podcast, where we talk about the CW show Arrow. You can find us at roguearrow.blogspot.com or by searching iTunes or Facebook for Rogue Arrow Podcast. So are you That's using Cinemasters to pregame? No, I don't have a drink on me. Should I have a drink on me? <laughs> I have water. I also I have water. Count. Water's not going to get me drunk. That would water. be kind of awful if it did. Or really awesome. Uh, you just have yeah. to not get to drive anymore anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jacob, have you ever seen the show uh, Fool, Fool Us? Fool Us? Fool Us. I don't believe so. It's it's all over oh, YouTube. Oh, is that the Penn and Teller one? Yes. I, I haven't seen it, no. I, I know of it, but it's I haven't so seen good. it. Essentially, it's, it's like all these guys coming on to do all these really rad uh, magic tricks, and then Penn and Teller watch them do it, 
and then wait a little bit and talk to each other. And then, and then Penn's like, we think we know how you did it. And then they use very vague language to, to sort of, without giving away what the secret is, show the magician that they know what the secret is. Uh-huh. If they're wrong, then the, that act gets to go to Vegas to be part of their show. Interesting. And if not, whether it's a really good act or not, uh, if, if they are able to figure it out, then they get exposure, but that's all. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to Vegas in June, and I'm debating whether or not I want to go see them again. I saw them like two Dude, or three years ago when I, I went, and I liked shows. it a lot. But the crazy thing is is that a, a lot of the times when, when they guess it, like I was watching one today where – uh, it was a sleight of hand move where they're doing the, the, the card trick, the card and coin where like they've got the cards over the coins and then he's using sleight of hands to, to move the coins around on the table or whatever. And he was like, uh, I'm going to show you how you, cause, cause magicians use these really fluffy, nice, nice fluffy mats and it helps them out cause it gives them something to slide on or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what if I did it on your hand? And so he brought these two people up and had them put their two hands each out and did the same trick, but it was on their hands instead of on a table, and they couldn't figure out how he had done it, and they were literally happening on their hands. <laughs> and uh, Penn and Teller talked for a while, and then Penn was like, what would happen if you were to take off your jewelry? And the guy's like, and he's pierced out up to the Uh huh. And he's like, what jewelry are you speaking of? <laughs> and Penn goes, uh, sort of specifically your rings. He's like, you got me. Yeah, you got me. And he's oh, like, man. actually, I didn't get you. I had no idea how, what was going on. This one was Teller. And Teller's just like encyclopedia brain magic man. Right, right. Yeah, ridiculous. yeah. Like he, he catches half of the people that Penn know. <clears throat> That's funny. Yeah, I uh, I just bookmarked it, the YouTube channel. So. It's cool. A lot of it's very try. cool. Looks like it's pretty popular too. Most of the stuff is floating between like I'm sure three quarters of a million and two and a half Each of those things is me. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched them all at least twice because it's good. I just have so much stuff I need to watch. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. New movies. Ugh. Thankfully, it's still like the doldrums of winter and there's <clears throat> not a whole lot of great stuff in theaters and TVs starting to slow down because sweeps are done. Are you going to see Osgrate and Powerful tomorrow? Yeah, I'm just, I don't think I'm going to go see that. I saw it. I had a friend who, who assisted with wardrobe. The Mila Kunis interview, I think, was enough for me. I don't need to watch the actual film. Like I enjoyed that, and then we'll we'll let it go. Um, I watched some Warm Bodies last week. Uh, I see. I I do want to see that. I've heard pretty good things actually. It's good. It's really good. I told I told Dan that he should absolutely go see it, and it was only specifically for one line, but also that he would appreciate the movie on on many many levels. You you should probably go see it. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I I, I plan <laughs> on. I mean, I just watched Machete like two hours ago i just don't know what you like anymore is what i'm trying to say yeah. i don't know you anymore i feel so far away from you well when you move back to portland we can go on theater uh, excursions together we can have it we can have movie adventures that's true you can also stay at my apartment if we actually move to portland that's true challenge accepted <laughs> hey can, can anyone hear me 
Yeah. Yes, we can hear you. Oh, okay, never mind. It was said I was going in and out or something. We are coming. Mm. It's probably because uh, after you get past three people in a hangout, it auto-mutes you. When you first join. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's kind of annoying. That's weird. <clears throat> I saw Oz last night. Just did. Yeah? Yeah. It was good? Good. No, wait. no, no, no. <laughs> Don't put words in his mouth. <laughs> well, you said I, I, I saw no, Oz. I, I, did, yeah, I didn't like good. it. I you didn't, didn't like it? it? No. Ugh. Um. But do you, yeah. do you love everybody – because that's the thing. Like, I love everybody in it who's a part of it, but I just don't think that I would like it as a whole thing. Uh, I love Sam Raimi. I'm a huge uh, Drag Me to Hell fan also, I suppose, really? along with obviously Evil Dead and the, okay. and the first couple of Spider-Man. And yeah, I like – I mean, yeah, I like Franco. I like Kunis. I like Weiss. I like – I mean, they're all good actors. Michelle Williams. They've She's clearly done – there's, I was excited for the movie. There's clearly pre pedigree there. I mean, it just. I mean, Dan, are you so much money? Yeah. I don't want to get into too much nitpicking nice. stuff because it, it'd be spoiling. But I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I will have to see it, and then we might have to do a teardown or something that Rudy can defend against. Ugh, why don't I always set against everybody? I just figure you're that you'll always probably like it. To please. That's true. Shit, now I have to watch Twilight in the next two weeks, don't I? Ugh, yes, you do. Speaking <laughs> of, there's like You're six false. Kristen Stewart movies on Netflix. All six of them are on Netflix? No, but not not Twilight, but other Kristen Stewart movies. So do you want to watch everything but Twilight? I think Twilight is going to be a major point of, of offense for me. I mean, uh, of, of well, evidence. No, I'll, I'll watch... Oh, shit. The in, did I, oh, okay, I knew that. Never mind. I I've that. seen it. Has anyone else seen it? Twilight? No, I haven't oh. seen any of them. I've half seen the first two, meaning I've, seen, the first I've two. seen them, but I wasn't really watching. I've literally avoided them. That's a fair way of putting anyone's, or at least normal people's experience watching those movies, Yeah, to be honest. I actually heard that the last one was a, a decent movie. I almost got it at Redbox yesterday. And so I almost want to watch the first one and the last one. Ugh, why? <laughs> well, that's... That would be the best. If you're going to watch just two of them, well, I think that would be the best option. Here's the here's the answer on why we should. <laughs> I say that with great reservation. Case 2's character does not grow at all through the first two stories from, from what little I've garnered from the stories of Twilight and her metamorphosis into the third movie would actually change her character and allow us to potentially see some emotional depth. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to do If I can find time, I think I'm going to watch the first one, the last one. I've seen a bunch of the other ones. I'll try and remember. To watch the that implies that she can register emotional depth. Well, we'll, we'll see. I think she, I think she understands what emotional depth is. <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Nothing but love, case do really. <laughs> love. Oh, uh, Rudy. Yes. Did you see people. the uh, the pictures for uh, Don John? No, but have you seen the preview for uh, 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 Much Ado? I I have. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Actually, we uh, uh we just did. Well, we're like in the process of doing like a most anticipated movies of 2013, and that wasn't on my list. 
and I got some shit for it, but it was before I had seen the trailer. And now that I have seen the trailer, it looks really good. I mean, I knew that I knew I was looking forward to it, but there was just so many movies coming out that I'm really looking forward to. But after watching the trailer, it's like, oh, oh, but they're they're actually like using all the dialogue, and it's oh, it's this person I love, and this person I love, and this yeah. person I love. Yeah, and you know what? Really, I just realized that I I tried to mute myself so that you didn't have to listen to me type, and then I I actually turned my video on instead of I turning anyway. That. <laughs> um, I so I apologize for that. Uh, but the thing that the thing that really floored me is who they cast as because I'm I'm very familiar with the play, um, but who they cast as Beatrice and Benedict is all, I'm sure he cast them that way because of their strengths as actors, but it's almost a fan service for Angel fans. <laughs> oh yeah, def- definitely. That's um, reason enough to go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that, anyway. I mean that is. I mean, and I, I, I love uh, Clark Gregg, and I love all them people. But yeah, I, but I had everybody. seen pictures for for Don John. I just don't know anything about it. JGL Rose, you know it's and the guy who's the boss. That's all I've got. Scarlett Johansson co-starring co-starring at South by Southwest. It was NC seventeen. He's cutting it down to R. Oh, that's too bad. Um, for theaters, it's got pretty rave reviews. Um, is it getting a wide release? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. They don't. Uh, I don't think they have a release date yet. Even I think he's still in the process of cutting it down. He's just promised that he'll deliver an R-rated cut yeah, for yeah. theaters. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that one quite a bit too, just because of all the buzz and who's in it and. Because that would be a be good, good time to do a Jogo indie film. That would be Rise a good of time Jogo or something. Hey, um, I I have to kind of head out around eight. Joe, go over here. 